0: We are told to wear the whole armor of God, not just our favorite piece. And I want to begin with the beginning when this image is given to the Christians in Galatia by the Apostle Paul of the armor that you should put on. And the first part of that armor is so significant. It's called the Belt of Truth. Now, I want you to understand up front this is a command, not a suggestion. It is clear where to put on the full armor. Not just pieces of it, but the whole armor of God. This is where Christians get into trouble sometimes. We get up and we go into battle, and we don't understand. Wherever we go, whenever we're going out in this world, we're going into battle somewhere. We're going to face that in our lives. And sometimes we're not equipped or prepared for that. But the Word of God is clear. We're to put on the whole armor of God. Now, this first piece is very significant because it's called... Truth, the belt of truth. Think about the importance of a belt that you wear and the significance of it. I don't have my phone on right now, but I actually have clipped on my belt my little battery pack that causes you to be able to hear me when I walk away from that microphone and I'm talking on this one. Sometimes I have my phone clipped on my belt. Sometimes I have a 9 millimeter clipped on my belt. If you work in a trade where you work, you're a technician, you work on things, your belt is very important because it may carry many or most of the tools that you use. It was true in that day. The belt was a very important thing to wear. And the image of this gives to us one who is prepared to go out and to make a difference, to do something. And this is so powerful in our lives today as Christians. The world is looking for someone that speaks truth because they know where they don't get truth. They understand who they can and can't trust. And I want you to understand the importance of that. There's an old story that was told long ago in synagogues that went something like this. In a small town, there were two businessmen that got into an argument over something. Really not important what the argument was over, but they disagreed and one took one side of the argument and the other took the other. Well, the way in villages like that you would resolve an argument is you would go to the rabbi and you would lay out your dispute with him and he would give you the answer moving towards truth. One of the men went alone one day and he wanted to talk to the rabbi and he explained his side of of the situation. And the old rabbi looked at him and he said, you're right. And the man walked away very happy and delighted that he'd won the argument, so to speak. few days later, the other man, who was on the juxtaposition of that, goes to the rabbi and tells him his side of the argument. And the old rabbi looks at him and he says, you're right. Well, he walks away very happy. Well, time goes by and the two men make up their differences and they're friends again. And one day, as they're having a meal together, they begin to discuss. And one of them says, well, the rabbi told me I was right, so I guess you understand that. And the other one said, hold on, the rabbi told me that I was right. They both go together to see the old rabbi. They're standing in front of him. One man looks and says, you told me that I was right, and I was on the opposite viewpoint of him. And he said, and you told me that I was right, and I was on the opposite. And they said, you can't do that. And the old rabbi smiled, and he said, you're right. You see, there are people that don't understand the importance of truth, and they have a way of navigating around it all their lives. Truth matters. It gives you that significance in life that people know that what you speak is trustworthy. And I want to think about that today for a little while and think about how we are to live that kind of life. If we are not people of the truth, we're people of the lie. Satan is a liar and always has been. We're told to put on the whole armor of God so we can withstand the wickedness of Satan... And the belt of truth lets us know that we're not with him, we're against him. We're opposed to what he's doing. We do not stand with that whatsoever. And we know that Satan is a liar. He's always a liar. He deceives skillfully, he parses words carefully. Started that way in the book of Genesis, speaking to Eve. He was very skillful in what he said. He first depended on her remembering what God had said. And he took and led her astray when she did not remember correctly. And then when he misquoted God, it was accepted. This is done very well today. I like the little little meme that was placed on Facebook some months ago. And I think, Debbie, you sent it to me. It said, I wish for once that the old expression, liar, liar, pants on fire, was true because it'd make the news a whole lot more interesting. And I agree with that. I listen and I wonder, how do they keep a straight face telling me the lies they're telling me? I told you almost a decade ago, I gave up cable TV because I did not want to listen to cable news because I knew they were constantly lying. I wanted to listen to the one source of truth that I could depend upon, God's Word, and He's never failed me yet. And we must understand that as we prepare for the battle that's ahead, and your life is a battle, you're stepping into a new week right now, and you will begin it either this afternoon or tomorrow morning, and you need to prepare for the fact that people will lie to you wherever you go. They will deceive you. They'll ask you questions to lead you in the direction they want you to go, and then they'll misquote and requote what you've said. That's a part of the world that we live in. So be careful about truth and speak it plainly to those around about you. There's no standard of truth in this world. None whatsoever. The reason the world hates God and His Word is because He is the standard of truth. That which God says is lovely and beautiful and wonderful is true, and that which is ugly... And despisable and horrible is a lie. Those are the things that hurt us. And God is that standard. He sets that standard. Not the world. Certainly not the government. God sets that standard. So there are several ways that people lie. And I want to think about that this morning, if I may. The first way that people will lie is by lying to themselves. And I think that's where it begins with many people in their lives. Scripture says... That if, if a man thinketh he's something and he is nothing, he deceives his own self. That's Galatians 6.2, and that's true. Many people begin by telling themselves something so many times that they convince themselves that it's true, and then they believe it and they present it as truth. But we can't lie to ourselves or anybody else. We must know what truth is. Truth is important because when we speak to others, they need to understand what we're saying and they need to be able to depend upon it. But when someone lies to themselves, they become comfortable with that lie with time, and eventually they believe it. Scripture says that you can sear your conscience, and, and Paul talked to the Christians in Rome about this. He said you can get to the point where you can convince yourself that right is wrong and good is bad and black is white. And when you've gotten to a point where you can't differentiate between right and wrong or good and bad... You're down the road to destroy yourself. You're headed that way. And in the world that we live in, people are looking for someone that's truthful and honest. They're they're looking for someone that you can depend upon. Someone that speaks and they know what they're speaking about, they know of, and they're being honest about. It's sad to think that there was a day when a politician said something that they meant it. One of my favorite politicians on a national level was our president, Calvin Coolidge. He was not president during my lifetime, but I've read a number of books about him, and the man was amazing. Calvin Coolidge was known as Silent Cal. He very seldom said a whole lot. One time they had a, a, a gathering of press secretaries, and he was supposed to answer questions, and he walked up before them, and, and he just stood there and said, well, what are you all about today? And one of them said, well, do you have anything to say about domestic issues in America? And he said, no, not really. And they said, well, what about some of the foreign affairs that are going on? They mentioned several that was going on during that time. And he said, I really don't have any comment. Well, very quickly, they realized they'd wasted their time coming there, and they got up and began to leave. And as they did, he said, oh, by the way. And they all turned around and looked with a pen and paper in hand, ready to write down his quote. He said, by the way, don't quote me on anything, okay? He was a wise man. He understood that. You don't have to say anything to be quoted. But he understood that that lying was deceitful and deadly. And I get so tired of hearing people parse words and take the words of a politician and bend them to say what they want them to say. That kind of deceit bothers me is not just the fact that they're lying but they have predetermined the goal that they have in mind we're to walk into the arena of truth and be ready to be changed by truth yet where do you find the arena of truth in the world that we live in the second way that a person can lie is they can lie to others and that's become a skill beyond any understanding The individual that does not know truth and does not understand the value of truth will never appreciate the value of another person or even of their God who is in heaven. A person that systematically and arbitrarily lies constantly is someone who believes themselves to be like God. Satan is the father of lies because he is evil and he does not know the truth. He speaks only to go in the direction that he wants to move people. And if you've ever been around anyone that's that way, it's a terrifying thing. A little boy was caught in a lie one day and his mother got very upset. And She took him aside to discipline him and she got down on his level and she looked at him and she said, Young man, do you not realize what a horrible thing you've done? And he just looks at her. She said, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. In exasperation, she said, son, do you know where liars go? And he said, yeah, Grandpa says they go to Washington. (laughs) I think Grandpa was right, don't you? I I want people that care about me and look after my best to be an honest person. I don't want them to simply take truth and bend it to fit their agenda. But that's the world we're in today. You know, truth can become your God. Listen to me here. You must temper truth with wisdom and kindness. It says once that Satan, the story goes like this. Satan was walking and talking with one of his cohorts, one of the demons. And they saw a man ahead of them pick up something shiny as he was walking along in the wilderness. And he was standing there looking at it, and the demon said to Satan, said, what is it he picked up? He said, it's a piece of truth. And he said, oh, Satan, we've got to stop him. We can't let him have truth. And he said, no, 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 it's fine. We will manipulate him to make truth his God. And he will worship that and hate other people. There's a danger in making truth your God. You see, I'm thankful that that God loved us. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. Because he found a way to redeem us out of our dishonesty. If the only thing that he truly held is significant was truth. And he didn't love us. Then he would have but one thing to do. And that would be to destroy us. But he loves us. And he is God. Be careful how you handle truth. If you get frustrated and angry with someone and you simply don't like them and you're not willing to go and make things right, which you're called to do, and you want to continue to hold on to that hatred, you can take truth and slay that person. You can destroy that person. You can go after that person and absolutely ruin their life. But that's not what truth is meant to be. You see... Truth is something that makes us more like our Savior. People should identify you with God by the way you handle truth. Men deal with truth in many ways, and I'm using that in a very generic sense, men, women, and children. If you're a businessman and you're a salesman, and all you want to do is make a sale, you can bend the truth to fit what you want to do. If you're someone that's going into a contractual agreement with someone and you want to mislead them, you make sure that the misleading portion is in the small print and everything else is in the large print. If you want to deceive someone and your only goal is to gain financially, there's a way to do that. And then you can smile and look religious when you're in church. Good place to hide out if you're a liar and a thief is a church. Makes you look more respectable. Church is meant to change us as we gather together with the body of Christ, but sometimes the change agents are in the church and they're going the wrong direction. Because they're in church because they're trying to hide. They're trying to develop some some scrutinized sense of being respectable and, 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 and decent. I would like to believe that everybody that comes to church is, is sincere and honest and wants to be more like Christ, but it's simply not true. That's why we can't point to a church member and say, oh, they're what a Christian should be. Many times I've had people tell me over the years, I'd love to come to church, but... Because of so-and-so, I don't go. Of course, I always say the same thing to them. I said, well, you know, when you were growing up, did your mother ever burn anything when she was cooking? Usually they say, oh, yes, yeah, several times. I said, so you quit eating, didn't you? You got upset with her and you figured, oh, this is just a disaster. I'll quit eating. No, you don't. Because we all make mistakes. We, as wonderful and as incredible as Murray Austin is, he has hit a bad note before, right, Terry? You know, he's not perfect, and he knows that. He's as near perfect as anybody I've ever met on a piano. You're amazing. I sit here, and I'm absolutely awestruck hearing you play. I've told you before, if this church ever gets to the situation where they can't keep both of us, I'll go ahead and pack, because I know I'm leaving. But even Murray makes mistakes. We all make mistakes. We need to realize that. But the important thing is, what direction are you moving in once you make a mistake? Are you trying to improve? Murray's the first one in here every Sunday morning practicing. Now, I would say, Murray, you don't need to practice, but you do. Because practice, what is that saying? Makes perfect. And that's why it's important for us to do that. As a Christian, we need to practice our holiness. We need to make sure that when we speak, we speak very plainly and honestly. Don't deceive Don't leave out part of what you're saying because you know that would jeopardize what you're trying to communicate. Don't ever do that. If there's something hard to deal with, say it. It's hard to communicate with somebody this dishonest. I've tried to be friends with people who won't tell the truth. It's a tough, tough thing to do. Like, a lawyer friend of mine that I grew up with in Atlanta used to say, he'll say, so-and-so had my back as he was pushing the knife in it because I couldn't depend upon him. He lied to me. Some people want to, you, you ask, you know, would you come and help me? With that? Oh, be glad to, be glad to. Knowing full well that when the time comes, that person will not be there. They'll find a way out scripture says let your yes be yes and your no be no don't be a yes man because it makes you look better around people do what you say you're going to do before I arrived at this church there's a huge fundraising effort put on by the church to renovate the building next door the old ed building and they're very creative they let people pledge in many many different ways and I've probably told you before Harold Watts and Cheryl Watts made one of the most unusual pledges I've ever heard. They're in the cattle business, Scimitar Cattle. They pledged to give their top selling bull three years in a row. Now, the first two years had passed when I came here, but the third year was when I first came here. <clears throat> and I actually asked Harold, I said, Can I go out to the sale? It was in Chilton County. I said, Can I go to the sale? And I want to pray over your stock of bulls that you're selling. And I did. And it worked, didn't it, Harold? He said he got the highest price he'd ever gotten for a bull when I prayed over it. I told him, I said, I apologize. I wasn't there for the first two years to pray for him. But he kept his promise even though it was a lot of money. That bull went for a chunk of change, did it not? I was so impressed. Do you keep your promise when you make it? Do you speak and stand by it even if it hurts you? Even if it's frustrating Sometimes people weigh out Christianity based on the way you live your life. Not based upon how Scripture speaks. They trust the Bible, but you know what? Somebody walking around wearing the robes of righteousness, a demonstrator of the gospel, will either convince them or discourage them from following Christ. Lastly, I want you to think about this. The third way that a person can lie is by lying to their Creator their heavenly father now this is a strange way to lie and I've always been frustrated with it that people will lie to God but they do it all the time they feel like if they say what they think God wants them to say then they'll be okay I've heard people lie in their prayers before haven't you they've said things in their prayers that contradicted their life and I thought do they think God really takes them seriously when they do that? You know, we're not in, in, a, in a position, is, is, in the legal term it's called standing. We're not in a position to come into the room with God and negotiate with Him. You know, two businessmen can negotiate. A couple of individuals that maybe one has something, the other wants it, they can negotiate. But we can't negotiate with God. Because we are not on equal footing with him. He's got everything, including us. And there's no way to argue with God about anything. In fact, one of my favorite songs, which I grew up hearing, not just in church, but also on the Billy Graham crusade, it was the only song they ever sang there, Just As I Am. That's how we come to God. We don't come saying, God, I know you want, you want more of my life, and, 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 and I need a new car, and so let's work something out. I'll I'll be at church more if you'll give me a a car. No, it doesn't work that way. God has everything, and, and we have to yield to him. In fact, that's why becoming a Christian doesn't say you negotiate and barter and become a Christian. No. You surrender. You give up, and you say, I can't do this myself. I need you, God. And people forget that. And some people begin negotiating from the beginning. Mark chapter 8 tells us, says, For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Jesus said, What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose his own soul? And that's what a person does when they lie to God. We live in a world that some people refer to as the cancel culture. They're politically correct. They're trying not to offend people. Let me explain what they're really doing because sometimes people get confused and they say it makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. When you live in a world where there is no right or wrong, you take what you perceive as wrong and then you try to sway the benefit back to the person who is wronged. So if if, if you if you view that that people have been taken advantage of for many years, you take advantage of the person that was abusing them. You pull away from them what they have. And you're the sliding scale of truth to the world. That's where we are today. And people create all sorts of, of, of groups that have been offended. We've all been offended. But the greatest offender to us other than the devil is ourself. And we must be truthful to ourself. And in this cancel culture that I'm so sick of, where they point fingers at everybody but themselves, they'll never come to the reality of what truth is. Pontius Pilate asked Jesus during his week of passion, when he was being held before the Roman system he looked at him and he asked a question that many people totally missed he said what is truth Pilate knew what he's talking about because he had come to the realization there was no truth anymore there was no absolute standard in fact he looked at jesus and he said i find no guilt in this man but jesus didn't die because he was guilty He died because there were people that did not know truth. And he stood for truth. And they hated him because of that. And in his death, he not only died because they took him and bound him and crucified him and tortured him. He died willingly for us, his very accusers. God loved us and he went willingly. How can we know truth? By knowing the king of truth. How can we be girded about our loins with truth? By abiding with him. The truth of God, the truth of the gospel, and also the truth of Christian living will change you forevermore and always. But you have to be willing to put on that worthy belt and wear it. And you must put it on every day. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much that the whole armor of God changes who and what we are. It makes us into the people we must be in this broken world. It causes us to be effective. It causes us to stand strong against the evil one. It gives us standing in your courts of praise. So therefore, Lord, I pray today that we would seek out truth and be truth followers in all that we do lord speak to someone this morning someone that's seeking truth and wanting to be a truthful individual that they may find you lord may this be the day that they search you out and find you and embrace you if they don't know you, as savior today it can happen this very moment they can encounter you right now and father if there's one who's seeking to be closer to you by church membership or baptism Speak to them even now. Guide them. And may they be faithful to respond to the calling of your Holy Spirit. For we pray all this in your holy name, Lord. Amen.